0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the aquatic man himself, Aqua Alex. The aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater, including cichlids, catfish, oddballs, plagos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Aquari USA. School of Fish, Ink, Fish Frenzy Topic Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to, head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio-Pure Frozen Food, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc., and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock fish tanks and more now let's get on with the podcast remember you can download Nate's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaalex now Alex, take it away
2: Hello, fish keepers, and welcome to a very special episode of the Aquatic Wetline on this fine Saturday evening. Hope you guys are having a wonderful weekend thus far, and thank you for listening live to tonight's episode on... Saturday night of The Aquatic Wetline. Now, tonight we're going to do our seventh episode in the series, Fish Keepers United. Now, I've had some wonderful guests. My first six guests were awesome. But tonight I have someone who is a very nice gentleman. He's been in the hobby for a while now. He's also very popular here on Blog Talk Radio. Matter of fact, he's been on guest on several other shows. And he's also... um, very famous here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, my guest tonight is going to be Mr. Beasley Brown, who has been on the Aquatic Clint line before, but as a caller. So, tonight, we're going to learn all about Beasley Brown and the fishkeeping hobby that he loves so much. And I invite you, the listeners who are listening live to the show, to call in at one 989 8142 to join this fun show. All right, so without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's very special guest. So, Beasley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here on this fine afternoon.
3: Well, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Remain seated. Uh, yeah, it's uh, always a pleasure and treat to talk about, you know, one of my, my favorite hobbies. I've been a hobbyist with uh, fish for and aquariums for uh, quite some time, even as a kid. I had a number of aquariums, so I'm, this is like right up my alley.
2: Oh, Awesome! That's a great idea. So, how, how are you doing today, sir?
3: I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I, one one thing, my, my name is Brown Beasley, not Beasley Brown. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I got I got no, the wrong all... So, uh, what? yeah. Well,
3: I my email address says Beasley Brown. Because Brown Beasley wasn't available, but I just thought that I would, you know, be clever. But yeah, it's uh, Brown Beasley is, is the name that I'm, you know, very, yeah, you've got it all. I'm looking here at your show. I'm like, wow. All right, well, I, I guess I can live with that. But yeah, it's like, you know, Beasley Brown inverted. Okay,
2: okay so I'll it after our show.
3: How are you today? I'm doing Alex? great.
2: I'm, I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm very honored to have you on the show, and um, yeah. I'll have to fix your name after the show is over to Brown.
3: Well, that, there you go. There there you go. I'm curious, Alex, what, what type of aquariums are you running right now? Well, right
2: now I actually am in the process of upgrading my aquariums. So right now I have a South American Cichlid tank. I've got a couple of Oscars, a Severum Cichlid and a Chocolate Cichlid. I always love my Oscars. They're one of my personal favorite fishes of all time.
3: I I, I like Oscars. I've raised them before, from little small ones to big things. They are a ravenous bunch. They will eat you out of house and home. But um, they, they, yeah, I've, I've 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 done Oscars before. I'm maybe considering doing them again. Um. Yeah, I'm at a crossroads. So you're upgrading from what size to what size?
2: Well, right now I have them in a, a small grow-out grow tank, a 20-gallon aquarium. I'll be upgrading them to a 125-gallon tank to a 220-gallon tank.
3: Oh, you're quite a step up. You're coming to the big leagues. Those fish are liable to get really big now. Yeah, they're, now they're, yeah, they're to going to, to be really, swim. really and And you're going to buy the 125-gallon tank. You're going to buy it brand new or you're going to buy it like used?
2: Well, I'm actually thinking about buying a brand new. I'm going to see if my fish store can come up with some kind of a, a deal. That way I can um, save some money. I would like to buy brand new because I have I have bad experience buying used fish tanks.
3: Have you? I've had good experiences. You haven't had, like, a leaker, have you? Because that's, like, the worst thing that I've can
2: happen. Sev- I've had several, several leaks, leaker? and I've had a few tanks crack from uh, being used tanks.
3: Wow. Well, I have a plexiglass that I bought. Twenty-two years ago, uh, uh, pre-owned, used, and uh, it's still up and running. And it's been through a few – it's moved around a little bit. Uh, but that didn't crack. And then um, I haven't had a bad experience. I, maybe it's good to see it with some water in it. Then I purchased another yeah, used one about two years ago, uh, pre-owned one, a uh, 55-gallon. Uh, and the guys swore everything was good and everything's been good. No leaks, no no nothing. No problems. Got a good deal on it. So I guess it's kind of the luck of the draw. There's just a lot of deal there's a lot of good deals out there when people are finished and want to get rid of things they want to get rid of things. Hopefully I'll be lucky this time it.
2: and find a nice 125 gallon tank that
3: holds water. You routine. know what with the lucky uh... pad, I think you might be better off just going to get a new tank with a nice warranty.
2: Yeah, that's what my friend tells me. I agree with him on
3: that. Yeah, he might be right, but you know, I'm kind of scaled down. I run. uh, I have a a few tanks now, but there was at one point, uh, you know, I was really going for it. You know, I had a fifteen hundred square foot, fifteen hundred gallon tank, uh, salt water, uh, with uh, uh, baby hammerhead sharks, uh, bluefin tuna. Um, uh, halibut, uh that was that was about, about about fifteen years ago. And that was quite a tank to maintain. Cleaning it was something else and the water changes were, were were really problematic. It required a lot of help. And uh, you know, it was a pretty big tank and um you know, the way that it was situated you could sit on the edge and dangle your feet in the tank if you wanted to. And I knew, uh, you know, that's a way of getting a a pedicure. That there's people that do that. That the that the fish, or they do it with uh, goldfish. They eat the there's places where they, you know, the fish eat the scales. But these were bigger fish, and they were saltwater fish. And I advised people against it. And there was uh, a lady friend of a friend of mine, and she lost um, she lost half of her pinky toe. But I warned her. I'm glad she didn't sue me or anything. That would have been pretty tough to explain. But it was only half of her pinky toe, and we wrapped it up and got her a tetanus shot. So she kind of ruined it for anybody doing that anymore, you know, dangling their feet or one. How did that happen? Into... By sticking her feet in the water there with wild saltwater fish. Something oh, came Oh, so the, the shark something... did it, right? I'm not sure who did it. The shark probably could do it. Uh, there were a few baby barracuda in there. There's a humu humu nu nu apuawa. Are you familiar with that It's Hawaiian fish? No, it's Mahi a fish mahi. I mean, it's like a it's a dolphin fish. Humu humu nu nu apuawa. Yeah, well that that they could have done it. A number of a number of fish could have done it that were in there at a time at the in there at a time. You ever ride You ever raise seahorses? No, I've actually
2: never had the opportunity to have a saltwater tank yet, but I'm not seriously considering it now that I have some income coming in later on this year.
3: All right. Well, um, no. Well, I used to raise seahorses, and they would multiply like rabbits, and the seahorses got kind of big. In fact, they were big enough. Some of them got big enough that I would be able to. Uh, not all of them, if they got big enough, I could, like, strap on a G.I. Joe onto the side of them and wrap his arms around them. They could hold on. That's how big they got. They got big, like, as your hand. And it was kind of cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, kind of. it was kind of cool. But uh, South African cichlids, I mean, South American cichlids are nice, and they're not as aggressive as the Africans, so you have a chance of them not killing each other. The, the aquarium that I'm looking at now, Alex, um, I have a tilapia, and a tilapia looks like a zebra. It's black and white, and I have a convict uh, who's kind of big, about the size of a deck of cards, and he, uh, there, the tilapia is new to the tank. There's only two fish in this tank and it's 55-gallon, and they're both so aggressive, and they were after each other for months, and now they finally stopped. I'm glad, because I was waiting for one of them to be floating up at the top. Because I had two jewel sickets in there that I raised from fry, from little tiny things, and they were nice size and they were aggressive. But there's just something. They're just they're, these these fish have like the like a Charles Manson, Ted Bundy type attitude. They're killers.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I like some of the aggressive fish, though. But I, I do like when they do get along after uh, months and months of fighting. It's like they have bipolar. Well, <laughs>
3: You know, if they're able to survive the months and months, it's a little disheartening. Yeah, I know it's a shame. Keep, them. You see them floating up at the top, or you see them running around, or getting chased around, and everything. It's almost, it's like it's like they play San Quentin or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I'm seriously. They just like intimidate the other guy and scare him to death and everything, and, and, and until he dies. And I wouldn't be surprised. If those fish like took advantage of each other, you know, in that kind of way, the two male fish, the aggressive fish, when he has the other fish like weakened and down, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he took like sexual liberties with them or something. Because why are they so aggressive? Well, you got now, a point. I now
2: I'm starting to think about that myself.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's 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 like a jungle. So I'd rather prefer to have community fish and I have an aquarium downstairs that's a community fish. Uh it's rectangular in shape and I've got a bunch of different type of community fish in there.
2: Oh nice. I like the angel fish for community fish. Angel fish are very
3: nice cichlids. I actually like angel fish as well. In fact, in that tank there's five angel fish now and a lot of them dropped off. Now, I'm not is it ICH when they get white spots? That kinda of fills their gills. Yes, I C H. That, and that's fairly common, right? Well, I think yeah, I a, lot fish of, a, a lot of the fish that I had in there, some of them have been there for two years started dropping off. And and I noticed I was like, Oh, they've got white spots in their gills. You know what seemed to have fixed it? Putting aquarium well, salt in the water. Aquarium salt.
2: One of my aquarium favorite sal- remedies. I like to use aquarium salt myself.
3: Uh, You know, and I was just too busy to get around to the store to buy some of that ICH stuff, you know, the little put you drop the water, you drop in there, hopefully before your fish get it, because I lost a number of fish this time that I've had for a while. And when you've got other things going on in your life, you know, your aquarium's important, but, you know, if you see it's having problems and you've got other things that you're doing, you just have to prioritize and get around to it when you get around to it. But I dropped the aquarium salt in there, and they stopped dying. And I noticed the white stuff around their gills and around their eyes, the ones that had it, um, they didn't have it anymore after a day or two. And I noticed the angelfish never were affected by this ICH. But all of, a lot of the other fish that were in there, I had some Mickey Mouse platies, uh, some mollies, um, uh a number of different, you know, tropical fish. Now, what, do you run a heater? Yes,
2: I actually do run a heater. I run a couple of heaters in my uh, in my fish tank, and it's only because I live in Massachusetts and it's freezing down here right now. I, I use two heaters during the winter, but during the spring and summer, I only use one or one heater because I don't want to make the water too warm during the
3: spring and, and summer. But yes, I usually the... do use the heater. You know now. Have you found that the temperature changing like opening a window and I know you're not doing that that much you know with the te- with the weather the the way it is there now but does that affect you know people I don't have heaters in any of my aquariums and I'll tell you why and maybe I should you know it's a constant learning experience it's a constant learning experience and you know that when fish are dying you know that you're doing something wrong the name of the game is to keep them alive But uh, I think I'm going to get, well, I turned the heat up too high one time, and I boiled, it practically boiled some of the fish that were in there and that I had for a while. I boiled, you know, they were like boiled, they were cooked a couple of Oscars and uh, another another large fish. And, um, I mean, can I tell you something? Sure, go ahead. Those Oscars are some good eating.
2: Oh, oh gosh.
3: <laughs> think think but think about it. These are farm-raised fish eating the best quality food. Talk about delicious meat. Melted right in your mouth. Why can't you eat them? They're fish.
2: I love they're them though. Like my baby. They love Oscars. Huh?
3: Well, after they're, you know, after they're cooked and everything or they're kind of cooked and he was just floating around. I was like I may as well harpoon him and get him out of there. And then I was there. I was like I just can't throw this guy away. We got like a we got a piece of sashimi, we got a piece of sashimi and a nice sushi hand roll. No, I always keep some. I always keep some seaweed and some some rice vinegar and the right pearl rice, uh, and some and some pickled ginger and a little wasabi in case that that ever happens. Now I've never done it with a bunch of the tropical fish. I generally just flush them. And I probably should save them, because PetSmart will give you a refund. But I think I got the ICH from PetSmart fish. Now I'm not sure where that could my be receipt possible. is, but, but I plan because I've had fish. I plan on over the past few years. I've spent maybe, you know, they'll have these sales on community fish, a dollar a fish, right? So you know, say it yes. will be ten, fifteen fish in a forty-gallon tank. You know, when I go buy 35 fish for 35 bucks. you make your tank incredibly beautiful, you know? It's activity, you could just stare at it. But a lot of them dropped off. I'm going to go have a real talk with the manager. I also think some of their yeah. fish are genetically weak. You know, their I believe so, too. I think
2: their fish are all farm-raised, and they have... Uh mutations in them, and a lot of them are prone to diseases and stuff. That's why uh, PetSmart and Petco offer them so cheap.
3: Uh, and they return them, but how often do you return them? I mean, you know, sometimes I've ta- I've taken them and I save it and I'll pull them out to the side, like three or four of them, and it stinks to all high heck. You know, then you go, have to go back there with your the <laughs> feet and show them the stinky fish in the water. And sometimes it's just like it's not worth it for the $4. But I'm going to have a real talk because I bet they've had problems with ICH. And I'm going to have a real talk yeah, with them. Yeah, they me. probably look did. Like it. I'm going to look at my record, my buying record. You know, like look at it online. And I know I have receipts around here somewhere that I've been saying. I said, but if they have a record of it. If they do it all by your phone number and you have an account, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask for some like, you know, for come on, dude, like be fair. You're selling me diseased fish that are killing my other fish, and I take care of the water. We'll see what happens. I'll save that for another show.
2: Yeah, that's that's a very good topic. We've got our first caller of the evening here on the Aquatic Wetline. Hi, you're now live on the Aquatic Wetline. Fish Keepers United for the month of March. Thank you so much for calling in.
4: Hello, Alex. How are you doing? This is William T. from Euphoric Network.
2: Hey, William. And how are you I doing
4: just, tonight, sir? All right, son. And uh, I wanted to... Uh, Say to brown Beasley that uh I appreciate your candor and your honesty with your fish hobby sir, and oh. that uh I was uh called in since your seahorse story about your g i Joe, and I thought that was pretty interesting and uh you know i I done a little something with my fish as well. I was using the ping pong ball. And believe it or not, these fish were passing it around the aquarium having a good time with it. And uh, ever since then, I still do it every two or three times a week to give them a little bit of exercise and fun and enjoyment. So uh, don't feel so bad about the things you do, Brown.
3: No, I don't feel bad at all. I just thought I would share it. That's how big the fish got. Now, do you you have fish ping pong paddles? Because I know where you can get those online.
0: No,
4: I, I don't know anything about those and uh I would really be interested in probably finding some of those I got
3: you. So they just swap the ping pong balls with their fins or do they like do they like push it around like with their like face? They push
4: it around with their face and slap it occasionally with their tail. I don't know if they're doing this on purpose but uh sometimes it looks like the other fish coming up towards a ping pong ball may seem aggressive so they turn around real quick to boost away, and their tail hits the ball. But, They're probably uh,
3: doing it on purpose. Yeah, probably. Smart. I,
4: I, I like to think so. And uh, they actually have fun with this ping pong ball.
3: All right. There so, you go. Uh, there you, there now you have it. Alex is
4: having a great show tonight and a good guest. And uh, I'm really listening intently on the information and your honesty with the fish hobby. And your problems with ick and bowling fish, it's all part of the hobby of learning how to do it. And Even the more you if make the mistakes and correct them, the better fish hobbyist you are.
3: Right. And I figured that's what it was, but I didn't want to take the time to go to the store. So I just had too many other things to do, and I wasn't sure. And I noticed a number of them had dropped off, but I knew that I had some aquarium salt. And I remember someone telling me that aquarium salt can can cure a lot of the skin fungi and the other yeah. stuff. And I wasn't sure what it was. I dropped it in there uh, one day, then the next day, and it looks like it cleared up. So it did some good.
4: Well, maybe so also, uh, Brown, some of the problem uh-huh. with it could be uh, you did mention that you weren't using heaters at a time there. And if the temperature is too low, that could cause the fish to stress out, open them up to a weakened immune system, and then open up to ick. So maybe at some point the ick may not have been from PetSmart, but it's also possible that it was. But temperature plays an important part on preventing ick, and to treat it, salt is a very good remedy and depending on the severity of the ick, sometimes medication is the best way to go. But uh, Alex and I did a show on uh, ick, and uh, maybe you ought to listen to that. Alex, you need to turn him on to that show. And yeah, uh, thank no, that, you, Phil, that,
3: Huh? No, 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 you're right. Have you ever had to fish like Alex said he had the Oscars? And he's in the Oscars. I had Oscars that got really big. I'm talking yeah. about big, like the size of like a kid's baseball mitt, and one of them got hole in the head disease, and sure yeah. enough, he had a big hole in his head, but he lived with it for a long time. Well, that's well, called
4: hole in the head disease, and that happens right. as well. Um uh, But my fish are discus. I I raise discus now and you to sell them, and I have angels. And I'm trying to I have a retail business that I'm gonna be selling these fish sometime in the future as Hannah Pro Discus. That's my name for my business. I'm on YouTube, Radio, UFORT Network. And uh Alex and I work together quite a bit and I love him as a son and uh he's doing quite well on radio and I'm glad to see he found you to be a guest this evening.
3: Well, I'm interested in fishing, you know there's there's a local guy, he's kind of gruff, he's very gruff, uh, he's really not pleasant, but um, he bought a shop that, and this guy's really probably one of the most skilled uh, breeders of fish that I've seen. He really knows what he's doing. As far as feeding them when they're little tiny fish and how to treat the eggs and everything, and discus used to be a major part of this shop, but now he's expanded it. But he still has discus, and uh, I know that I would not. You know, that's where I should head next. They get kind of, they get little, they get a little pricey though. But
4: yeah, well, uh, you can uh, if if Alex doesn't mind me plugging my uh, YouTube. Go ahead. Uh, I have a YouTube channel around called Hannah Pro Discus, and I have all kinds of videos on discus. And my statement is, as a beginner, you can have discus in your home uh, for the least amount of money, and I show you how to do that. And I also show
3: you Can you, can you, you email how me that information? Huh? Please. Well, I'm email sorry. What's your that? first Please. What's your first name? Uh, uh, it's it's Hanna Pro
4: Discus, H-A-N-N-A-P-R-O. Right, but what,
3: but what's your name?
4: My name is William T. Hannaford.
3: Okay, okay William, William, William. Um, yeah, my
4: handle is William T. from Hanna Pro Discus,
3: okay. and that's
4: my YouTube stage name.
3: I, I would really like to see your information. Can you email that me to Beasley Brown?
4: That's Hold on. I've got this my down. name
3: mixed up. Beasley Brown, you did that too. I'll be darned, Brown. <laughs> uh, no, it's Brown. My name is Brown Beasley, but the email address is Beasley Brown, and, you know, for some reason, I guess that I'd see why. I understand how he got thrown off, but, yeah. Okay, Beasley
4: it's, Brown at. B
3: E A S L E Y Brown at Hushmail. H U S H M A I L. I'll tell you where I am. I've got a 29 gallon that's uh, had for a while. Had a number of fish in there. I had Salvinis in there that had babies. And I pulled a number of the babies out and put them in a small tank. And I have a loft, and the sun got them and fried a whole bunch of them. But some of them got bigger. And those those Salvinis, it's a South American cichlid, when they got full size, and he would like, and when they would color up, you know, showing that he's the king of the tank, talking about a beautiful fish. With with like purple and lavender, uh, and orange hues, I'm talking about an incredible looking fish. But uh, he's since passed on, because that's what happens with fish; they die. Uh, And then I have a African cichlid by the name of Django, and I've had him for two years, and he can't be around anyone. He's just a murderer. So he has. Yeah, there are some fish like that, you know. yeah, go ahead. No, so I have Django in one tank, and then I have that that convict, I don't know what his name is, but that convict who wiped out all the other fish, all of the other African cichlids and everything that were around one by one, or they die. You know what happens over the time. So I put the tilapia in there. He was terrorizing the tilapia for about a month, and I had just bought the tilapia. Now, tilapia is an interesting-looking fish. It's black and it's white. It looks just like a zebra, but well, Brian,
4: you know, I think I I actually personally want to say this to you, and not picking on you and nothing, sir. But I think sometimes you're trying to put incompatible fish together, and they're killing each other, and maybe a well, little that's more what research. Aggre- that's
3: what aggressive fish too. I want to move away from the aggressive fish. That's why I'm interested in your thing about discus. Yeah, and, and how I you have
4: aggressive fish like African cichlids, you got to have
3: an overstock tank. I've done it. So I've done that. I've had, I had thirty. I had thirty of them in there.
1: I 30 oh, 30 and they were still
3: dying. One. No, they were actually doing okay, but I was overfeeding yeah. them, and the tank got ammonified. and I had a real oh. problem there, and I lost half of them there. Well, I you went learned from 30 that lesson. To 15. Yeah, right. just See, better so off See, so you're learning. Them.
4: You're doing. How long have you been in the fish keeping hobby?
3: I've been in a fish keeping hobby over 20 years, but I hadn't done African cichlids. I I hadn't done them correctly. I've done piranhas, Oscars, and I'm talking about I raised them from babies up. I've had some success, but uh, that was a nightmare. That was a real stressful thing to go through. Yes. And that guy that I told you about at the shop, and I had bought a number of things from him when I could have gone to PetSmart, but I was patronizing the local guy. I bought big rocks from him, and he gave me some old gravel, and, you know, he knew that I was setting up a tank. But when I went over there in a panic, like, my fish are dying. Test my water. the said, what's going on? What do, what do I do? You know? What do I do? He said, oh, well, it's probably too late. They're probably all going to die now. It's like, no, I want to save them. Give me this. Give me that. An immediate water change, bro. Right. I did a big, huge water change, but you, you want to know what? What? He had a, he had a smirk on his face and had a little giggle. And uh, I noticed that. Yeah. I said, You I said, You think it's effing funny? Yeah, he, he said, didn't no, want to give th- you the right information. <laughs> he wanted you I to said, suffer. <laughs> I, said, I said, You think no, and I bought a lot of the fish from him and his fish are more expensive. And I had beautiful yeah. root beer fish, you name it. I had a the the, the the fish was comparable to those fish that those tanks, those those seventy five, hundred and twenty five gallon aquarium tanks that you see on YouTube. Which they have some incredible ones. That's what I was aiming for. And it looked yeah. like that for a good two months.
4: Alex, two are months. we taking up your time here, sir? We're talking about no aquariums. problem, no, not at all, sir. I mean, all right. We're
3: talking we're talking about fish stuff. I thought that's Yes what we whole, are. But I, I just wanted to make did. sure
4: I wasn't stepping on Alex's show. Oh,
3: okay. All right, no so problem,
2: you sir. Did. You're not you're not doing that at all, sir.
3: Well, when I saw the smirk on his face, I said, so do you think that's effing funny? He said, no, I don't think it's funny. I said, well, why the hell are you laughing? (laughs) You know, don't, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, it's like you catch someone picking your nose. You say, are you picking your nose? They go, I'm not picking my nose.
4: Sounds like he wanted your fish (laughs) to die so he could buy more fish.
3: You know what? It almost sounds like he didn't, and that's it. That's it worst at best. He just didn't give a shit. That's your problem. Right. I don't like that guy much anymore. Well, Alex knows that
4: local fish stores leave out a lot of good information that will make you a successful fish keeper, and you have to make the mistakes to learn because they don't even know what the hell to do. And uh, they just want to sell the fish. Uh, Notice the best, the big names, and one of them is PetSmart, sir, and Petco. But you know, usually a local uh, mom and pop fish store is your best choice because yeah, they're, they know they're, fish. They're drying and up. Uh, a lot of places, like in my town, we don't have a local mom and pop fish store, so I have to buy fish on the internet.
3: I haven't done that yet. This guy's pop and pop. I think he's a seventy-five-year-old gay man. But I didn't say what I was really thinking. Oh no! Don't do
5: that on the internet. Huh? <laughs>
3: I didn't say it then, and I'm not going to say it now. Uh, okay, yeah. I, just, I just thought it. I just thought it. Yeah. You know what I wanted to call Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no, he pissed me off when I'm panicking. Here it is. This is my pride, you know? I yeah. set up one of these African cichlid tanks, and I went through a lot of stuff. I, I traveled 60 miles to pick up the tank. I bought a, I bought a black stand for it some place, from him. And I and then I put down, I don't, I'm not Mr. Joe Mechanical, and then I put down a drop cloth and bought some enamel-based paint and painted it and made it real nice in black enamel-based paint and got the paint on me that took like four days to wash off my chest and my hands. Uh, I mean, I got some skin in the game.
5: And I don't Can even I want to ask
3: you a
4: question, Brown?
3: Sure. Did you have adequate
4: hiding places for your African cichlids, by the way?
3: You know, I I did have the advantage of my brother did some African cichlids big time, and they bred and bred, and he told me all the things. Um, people would say, "No, I have one, two, three, four, five, six very large rocks in a in a fifty five gallon tank." Uh, do you have uh, driftwood? Uh, anything in there? No driftwood, and... but there's little caverns and caves. I don't know if that was a problem because they weren't attacking each other. They weren't paying each other much mind. They were they were operating just like the fish do on those tanks you see on YouTube. Okay, Everybody so what going, I was
4: understanding then, Brown, is that you overfed your fish and you got ammonified.
3: That's basically what happened.
4: That's what and happened. Ammonia- and you did the major water change, and did you lose anything after the water I lo- change?
3: I, lo- I lost like half of them. I lost like half of them uh, over the course of about a week, and then I spread some of them around, and then it got down to about eight or nine of them, and uh, they grew. Now you know what's funny? A lot of the other um, the jewel cichlids come from a different lake. I think it's Lake Malawi or Lake Victoria. Okay. Now okay. the. the now the ones from Lake Tanganyika and Lake Malawi they were more susceptible to uh whatever the the ammonia they passed. the the none of the jewel thickets, and I think they come from uh they're a little bit less expensive they're still beautiful when they get full grown I'm talking to, all of them are I mean there's some stunning fish if I didn't have such a bad experience I'd do the African cichlids again I just so don't want to buy How often did you do water changes bro Probably not enough I've got Probably. a big I, I've got a big, I never do, I don't do water changes. Uh, I'm, I'm not the most active water changer, and I know that's an important part of it. But I do have a canister filter that's supposed to be for a 125 gallon tank on a 55 gallon.
4: Yeah, so, if it's a bio uh, filter, you know, beneficial bacteria filter, uh, not regularly a chemical filter, it will produce the bacteria necessary to eat the ammonia. But you would only want to clean your canister about once every two or three months, depending on the size.
3: I haven't cleaned the canister in two years.
4: <laughs> well, if it's still running and water's flowing, it's okay, I guess. The beneficial bacteria
3: will eating. So That's what one of my mentors, Mr. Kyoto, he had a shop on Wilshire Boulevard. He's probably passed away now for many years. And he was just like a, he reminds you of a, didn't speak very much English, but uh, he really understood. He had his own method for saltwater tank, but he explained the bacteria and everything. And he says, uh, uh, if the fish are alive and, and ammonia down and pH good, you have no problem. Right. He said, that's most important. That's most important. So I, I'm not that concerned about that. I'm not about to take that filter apart. Anytime so.
4: You may have to someday, Brown. Well, I've got to let uh, myself go here, Brown. I appreciated talking to you. I enjoyed the conversation.
3: How long have you been, I guess you've been at it a while. You seem to have a good understanding.
4: Well, I had a split in uh, adventures with fish keeping. I did them a few years ago. Um, you know, and then I got into music and went on the road, played music for a few years. And I just recently got back into the hobby with the knowledge that I've gained from back then. And, uh, but yeah, you could say I've actually been in the hobby for about probably totally, uh, about 12 years, uh, off and on for the past 30 years, 40 years. So I'm 63, so. But I do a lot of research, Brown. I, I read on the internet constantly about fish. I I do YouTube videos with instructions on fish and things like that. And I've learned taught myself more from the internet than I ever learned in school.
3: Huh. Well, I'm interested in knowing more.
4: Okay, and now your email address is b e a s l e y brown at hushmail dot com. That's correct. Uh, I'll send you my YouTube link and my radio link, and if that's okay with Alex.
3: Yeah, I'd like like that. Yes, that's
4: funny. All right, I'm going to return you, Alex, back to your show. And I want to thank you, Alex, for letting me have this conversation with Brown. And I thank you, Mr. Beasley, for letting me talk with you. And, Alex, this is a wonderful show, and your network is going to be very successful. And uh, I want you to be oh, sure. very successful. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for letting me call, and you all have a good night.
2: All right. You're welcome. All thank right. you for calling in. I appreciate your call. Thank you, All right, anyone else is welcome to call in at 1-347-989-8142. I'll be happy to hear from you. That was a wonderful call. call. But I actually have a question for you that has a lot to do with William because uh, William and I are close friends, and he's into the uh, community fish like you are, and I'm into the Oscars and stuff. But I have a question for you. I'm into the aggressive fish. I'm I'm at a
3: crossroads. I have different tanks that do different things. But go ahead. What's your question?
2: I know. I'm, I'm thinking about when you had Oscars a couple of years ago or or whatever. Did you ever feed all guppies
3: right. to your Oscars? No, not guppies. Goldfish. Goldfish. <laughs> all kinds of uh, other things. Sometimes chunks of chicken breast. Chunks <laughs> of chicken Oh, nice. They must love that. Eat, they would eat beef. Fed up a carrot. Oh, nice. I fed them all kinds of stuff. They just swallow it. They don't give. A, they don't. They don't seem to care too much. Those Oscars are so greedy. They got so big. I would drop the goldfish in there. Would go eat them, and then their mouth would be full, and they're trying to breathe. And when they would open their mouth, you could see like two or three alive goldfish in there. Like help, help, help. help! <laughs> that's that's help! actually uh funny. No, but not not guppy. In fact, I was thinking okay. about. Guppies. I was thinking about taking my 29-gallon tank and just putting guppies in it. You could and probably put a, a whole bunch of guppies
5: t-
2: in there, like like a hundred or so.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, maybe I start with 40 or 50. They they got them for a buck each, but I really want to go have a talk with them because. Uh, yeah, I don't like the way, you know, because I've had fishing that have been in there for 2 years that were all dropping off. And if they look at the the amount of orders that I put in over the time. So uh yeah, that guy William, he's like really nice. He's almost like he's almost like too nice. He's almost like too nice. I mean, he's really nice. And, no, I mean that's good to be. I mean, he's really nice and and and, and polite.
2: Yeah, that, that's awesome. He's, a, he's actually one of my oh. good friends. He's a good man.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's almost a little bit too nice and polite. I like him, though.
2: Yeah, you're going he to like to him, another, He's a very good guy. I mean,
3: he has to have another side to him. He's always this nice and polite and courteous. Yeah. yeah I, guess, he is. I guess he is. Wow. What part of the country is he from?
2: He's in uh, South Carolina. He's in Sumter, South oh, wow. Carolina.
3: That's a nice place. Yeah, he's
2: a while from you.
3: I, yeah, I'm glad. Well, that's a nice place. You ever been down to South Carolina?
2: No, I, have, I haven't, actually. I have actually. I've been in Florida, but never South Carolina.
3: They've got these big, huge red ants that that have big, huge bounds in South Carolina, and the ants are probably as big as, uh, good grief, what are they as big as? They get big. They get big, and they will bite the you-know-what out of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, you. though. They will bite you and, 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 and hurt you pretty good and everything. But, you know, he raises discus. Those are really beautiful fish.
2: Yeah, those are actually kind of expensive. I like discus, too, but they're uh, almost like keeping saltwater, in my opinion.
3: Uh, they're like the most expensive uh, as far as freshwater fish go. They're really beautiful. Yeah, I think the guy was selling them for, uh, and they were about the size of a deck of cards or smaller. Uh, I think they're as much as one hundred and seventy-five, two fifty each. And then there's the rare ones. I mean, when one of those dies, then it's really a tragedy. You know, you have to have a funeral. I
2: know, and I'd be afraid to to buy discus because if I buy disks I'm afraid of losing a thousand dollars just on fish.
3: <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, you could always snack off of them. I mean, get a little meal out of it or something. <laughs>
2: oh gosh! I never if actually thought about ostrac- eating aquarium fish.
3: What? Why? You eat fish out of the ocean? You got to control conditions. The the water's probably purer and healthier than a lot of other water. They're far, they're definitely they're more than farm raised. That's like Kobe beef, you know. I mean you you It could be I'd
2: just be afraid of the chemicals that go in the
3: water. Hey I mean do you eat a piece of swordfish, I guess. I mean I you could you could eat Fukushima tuna fish. I guess. I mean you got a point. I did it, I lived. I don't know if I'll do it again. Because Oscars are kind of expensive when you can buy uh, you know, nice fillet of salmon on sale for seven ninety nine a pound. I'd rather have my salmon. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, to each his own. To would his own. I, yeah, I that's, a, rec-
2: that's a good point.
3: I wouldn't recommend. Now, do you prefer a op-
2: freshwater or saltwater hobby? Do you, prefer, do you prefer the freshwater or saltwater side of the hobby? I, I
3: prefer freshwater. Saltwater tending, tends to get a little too complicated. The fish are amazing and beautiful. Uh, but the idea of having a $250 fish croak on me is just, it's just something that, that that I can't stomach. The dollar fish bother me, but really don't bother me that much. And you want to know what? I like to set them up and get them going. I don't want to be praying over them every day.
2: Oh, I like definitely I need, agree with you on that.
3: I like to set them up, get them going right. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they take care of themselves. I have under gravel filters. The, the, the filters are going every now and then. I'll stir the water up. And uh, you know, let the let the filter get some of the junk that's in the in the that's locked into the the filter, and a water change, and uh, you know, I also have you have just natural evaporation with the water in your tanks too, where you have to put new water in like every two or three weeks.
2: Yeah, it happens a lot in my aquarium. That's, that's usually a result of. Uh, The heater is making the water uh, really, really, really hot and
3: causing a lot of moisture
2: and makes your tank water go down.
3: I think you're right. I think it's a part of nature. I don't run the heaters, but I run the lights. And and it just, you know, the tank to me looks better all the way full than, you know, with an inch and a half down.
2: Yes, you got a good point there. Now, how did you get into fish hobby? How did when, when did you first get into, involved in the fish hobby?
3: Well, when I was a kid, about five or six, we used to uh, visit a pediatrician, and um, he had fish that ate fish. And uh, I don't know why we would go to. I guess he had an office in his place, and I think he was a friend of my mom's. And uh, he had fish that he would feed. You know, would take fish and feed them to him. You know, he had aggressive fish that would eat goldfish. And ever since then, I was like, that is really cool. And he liked that I got a kick out of it. So as I got a little older, about eight, he bought me my first aquarium, like a 10-gallon setup. And I took it real serious, you know. I was into gouramis then, kissing gouramis. And angel fish and zebra fish and... Uh, and I did it for a kid for a good four or five years and then I stopped and lost interest and then uh it started up again when my brother's neighbor was into it. And my brother got into it, then I got into it again. That was about twenty something years ago, twenty two years ago. Aquariums are cool, man.
2: Yeah, they're they're an awesome part of the hobby. So you've been keeping fish longer than I've been alive, which is cool. Oh. how old are you? I'm 21 years old.
3: Oh, well, you're, you're William's only three times as old as you. And I'm only two times as <laughs> old as you. It's all right. We're like yeah, a generation. And I, and I like the term fish keepers. Instead of saying yes, I got sir, an aquarium. Yes, sir, that's what we are. We're fish keepers. Yeah, fish keepers, like beekeepers. I'm a cattleman. I'm a cattle keeper. Right, I'm a beekeeper.
2: Oh, nice. No, you have cows, too?
3: I don't have any cows. I don't have any
0: cows.
3: Oh, so <laughs> there's eat cow kind of like. I like beef. There's kind of like a cow that lives next door, but she's human. Oh, cool. But she's human, but she looks. Well, I don't know. She looks like. <laughs> she looks like a cross between a cow, and maybe a pig.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs>
2: that's funny.
3: I mean, that doesn't matter. She's a real. She's a real nice lady. She's a she's a real nice lady. I just when you just when you say cow, I just think of her.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of cows up here too. <laughs>
0: if we're gonna right. talk about that. <laughs>
3: right. Now the one That's angry funny. Jew the one angry Jew, I'm trying to get him into aquariums. But I don't know why he's dragging his feet. But uh when he was in college, uh when he was joining a fraternity, he used to eat goldfish live. So oh been god yeah, so Well you've got to if you wanna you know join if you want to join the brotherhood. So he said he's eaten goldfish live a number of times. He said one time he ate one and in the middle of the night he felt him swimming up in his in his stomach. He felt him fluttering around. So he said he made himself throw up and the fish was still alive.
2: Oh, that's, just, that's disgusting. I like, that's the that's disgusting th- thing about it is bullfish don't have any stomachs, so it must be pooping a lot inside of
0: them.
3: <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's full of shit anyway. Uh, oops, oops, oops. I didn't mean to say that.
0: That's okay. Boop.
3: That's okay. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, I guess the fish lived in them for about five or six hours, so I was like, wow, so the fish survived your stomach acids and the bile and still lived? I was like, I don't know. What did you do with him oh. after you I said what did you after you do what did you do after you up them him in the sink and everything? I said, I knew you got him I really put him in a nice aquarium and gave him some good food. He said, No, he flushed him.
2: Oh the poor Body. thing. he <laughs> was alive. Oh, the poor thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean here it is he survives all of that and then unbelievable. Unbelievable.
2: Did your friend uh, angry you catch a hole in the head?
3: <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. But that's why he says he he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of compassion for fish. I just told him it'd be a cool hobby. Yes, yeah, it's,
2: it's a wonderful hobby. Do you mind if we take a break right
3: now? A, maybe if you bought a plexiglass tank, a used plexiglass tank, or just put some water in it before. Like, hey, you know, I've been burned a couple times. Can we put some water in it before?
2: Yeah, that's a definitely a good point. I, I, I'm i going to do that for now when I buy new uh, or use the aquarium fill it before I buy it and make sure it holds water. You got a good point there. Yeah. Awesome.
3: Awesome.
2: So uh, do you mind if I take a commercial break really quick?
3: No, Absolutely.
2: All right, so you're listening to the Fish Keepers United here on the Aquatic Wetline. This commercial break is being sponsored by Ikari Seals USA, School of Fish, Inc., Fish Geeks, the International Aquatic Association, Jambox, and all of our radio show friends. After this commercial break, we're going to hear a fantastic song by the police called Do-Dee-Da, which is a very uh, popular song that my brother likes. I'm going to play here on the Aquatic Wetline. When we come back, we're going to continue our very fun, Interview with uh, Brown Beasley. I finally got it right this time. <laughs> All right, so let's go Thanks. ahead and hit our for commercial break and make sure you guys continue listening because they've got some more fun topics coming up next after the commercial break.
1: Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like Algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for micro pellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish. Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And Biopure the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters
2: when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Ikari. Your fish and your
3: wallet will be forever grateful.
5: School
4: of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish, food, medications, and equipment, such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Close Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, Inc. See on Facebook for
6: exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook, you fish geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join.
0: We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planted tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? Do you need advice on cichlids? Do you need advice on discuss? Do you need advice on salt water tanks?
5: We'll get over to the IAA channel now. We can help you with planted tanks, salt water tanks, community tanks, filtration. DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today. Thank you, you. IAA. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any
2: age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your
5: jam on. Order a jam box today at www.jamboxcanada.ca.
0: Aquatics Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with great fish species topics for a great show. Check out Aquatics Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. saltwater, water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio.
1: Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium-keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show... Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus.
6: Did you know that William C. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids, teens, and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses, and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week, or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come here, some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on, be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first, though.
2: Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part Of my talk show, The Alice Cardinelli Show. On The Alice Cardinelli Show, we talked about everything from current news to sports to current events to dogs to politics to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alice Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we are live. Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Alice Cornelius Show airs three days a week Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, with Friday being our current news episode. And Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. So come check out the Alice Cornelius Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Forward slash Crazy Alex Talks. Come on, come on. You know you want to be a part of this great talk show. So I'll see you at the Alex Cornelli Show, blogtalkvideo.com forward slash Crazy Alex Talks.
5: Did
0: you know
2: you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat. Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in one 347 Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. But go ahead and call in one 347 989 Give us a holla if you hear us.
0: You are now tuned in to the one and only fish keeping podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember, you can call in any time at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. 989 8142 Now, back to Aqua Alex.
2: And we're back here live on the aquatic wetline. And tonight we're doing our seventh episode of Fish Keepers United. And this month's guest is the famous Brown Bleasley. On Blog Talk Radio, he's been on numerous shows here on Blog Talk Radio, and tonight we have the honor of having him here on the Aquatic Wetline, and we've had a great show. So far, and before the commercial break, we were having a discussion on tropical fish as two fish keepers. Now, if any of my live listeners have a question for Brown or myself, you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. After all, this is the Fish Keepers United. So let's get back to this uh, fun show, and my next question for you, Brown is what would be your favorite fish if you had a favorite fish? Oh, I guess we uh we lost uh Brown for some reason. um, I guess you can go anyone else can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two hopefully we'll have uh Brown call back into the show here in a second is a call dropper for some reason, so go ahead and call in live at one three four seven they one four two I'll be happy to answer your call. So, um in the meantime I guess I'll plug my one hundred and fiftieth episode until uh um Brown calls back into the show. Now I wanna remind you guys that on Saturday, March twenty first at eight PM Eastern, I'm gonna be having my 150th episode, and I'm going to have some wonderful segments on that show. I'm going to have prizes from Ikari Sales USA. Four lucky people are going to win a prize. That's right, they're going to win some Ikari goodies. You guys are probably going to get a big box from Ikari like I did last year. Um, they'll send you some food for your fish. So, last year my dad won Akari um, fish food and he had a flower horn. So, they sent him some Akari cichlid gold pellets, Akari cichlid staple, and um, some of the other awesome foods. So, they'll, they will treat you like loyalty and give you some good prizes. So, make sure you tune into the first hour of our 150th episode for that. Also, um, on our 150th episode, I'm going to give out some prizes personally, and I'm also um, going to have a very special guest. This is the first time this person has ever been on online radio, and I'm also going to make a groundbreaking announcement. That William, who when he called it earlier had uh, gave you guys a little hint, um, but I'm going to make a groundbreaking announcement on our 150th. Episode. And finally, I'm going to take a blast from the past and play some of our best callers on our 150th episode. And that's going to be a a very fun show. I'm definitely going to enjoy it. So I figured while I wait for Brown to call back in, I plugged that wonderful show. That's Saturday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's two Saturdays from now. So these next three Saturdays, we're going to have some wonderful shows here on the aquatic wet line because tonight we've got our fish Gapers united with beasley brown we've got um next saturday we've got our life in the amazon where i'll be talking about dolphins and then the next saturday after next week is going to be our 150th episode so i'm really looking forward to that anyways i just thought i'd plug that so what I'm going to do now is while well, I wait for Brown to call back in, I'm going to go ahead and play my next song for you guys. And if he doesn't call back in, I'm just going to wing it and I'll talk about some fish topics here. Um, but if he does not call back in, I'm going to have some fish topics, including how to cure hole in the head and things of that nature. So, let's hear the song Who Let the Dogs Out? and we'll be right back here on the Aquatic Wetline. Who Let the Dog Felt? <laughs> Who
5: let the dog out? Who let the dog out? Who let
0: the dog out? Well the party was nice, the party was something hey, yeah, And everybody having a bar hey, hey, I tell the fellas, start their name calling the And the girls respond to the call hey, I never pull my shot out. Who let the dog out?
5: Who let the dog out? Who let the dog Who let the dog down. I feel for you see, a get out Get back, are free, Get back, you flee, I'm in person, Mongrel
0: going tell myself I'm no angry Where the girls calling them canine? Hey, but they tell me, hey man, start up the party. Put a woman in front and a man behind. Uh, I hear a woman uh, shout uh, out, who let the dog?
5: you, test in mongrel. Will if I am my dog, the party is on. I gotta get my, groove, I got my mind I'm gone. Do you see the rock coming from my eye? to the bridge, the Digimon is on Me and my wife talk, short dealing color, any caliber do, I think you that's why they call me baseball. This the man of the land when they see me to say who?
2: podcasting history that my uh, my guest has just upped and left the show, so I've never had that happen in the history of being on Blog Talk Radio, so I think it's actually kind of cool um, how the guest just uh, ups and leaves, but hopefully we'll hear from him later on in the show. But right now, we're going to go ahead and take our final commercial break. When we come back, William and I are going to be back on the show to talk about um some interesting topics with some fish information. So let's go ahead and cut to our final commercial break and when we come back we're going to continue our discussion on tropical fish. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a Radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com so we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So, if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Wetline at Outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show.
0: The Aquatic Wetline is now available to be listened to on signature radio. You can now listen to the Aquatic Wetline on your smartphone or tablet.
6: Aquatic wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy.
1: Would you
5: like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United question and answer? Then send all of your tropical fish questions to aquaticwedline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwedline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now.
2: Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at... Aquatic at Outlook.com. That's Aquatic at Outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, AquaAlexCardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Are you ready for the Aquatic Wetline to make history? But I just gotta know
1: one thing. Are you ready? No,
0: I said, are you ready?
2: Well, then, join us on Saturday, March 21st, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, as the Aquatic Wetline will be celebrating its 150th episode. We're going to celebrate our 150th episode with some prizes in each hour. We're going to have a two hour extravaganza with prizes for all you, the listeners. Hikari is sponsoring the first half of the show, and I'm sponsoring the second half of the show. There is prizes for everyone. So make sure you call in to win yourself a prize on Saturday, March 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, on our 150th episode, we're going to have a blast from the past, and I'm going to make a very special announcement that's going to shake Blog Talk Radio to its foundation. So join us live For our 150th episode on Saturday, March 21st, for prizes, special announcement, and a very special guest. Live, March 21st, is our 150th episode, so be there. Be there as the aquatic wetline makes it big time, live, Saturday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern, for our 150th
7: episode.
2: And we're back here live on the aquatic wetline and we've got a great show so far tonight. We have been interviewing Mr Brown Beasley on Fish Keepers United. But now he has uh, um his call has dropped and he has yet to call back in. So we're going to have a fish chat with William. And if any of my fish keepers out there have any questions for on fish or want to join today's discussion, you can simply call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, and I'll be happy to get you on the Aquatic Wetline. Any calls that come in tonight will be played on our Blast from the Past on our 150th episode. Since this is most likely going to be our only Fishkeepers United of March, so go ahead and call with any questions at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, so I want to bring on my good friend uh, William on the show. He'll be our he'll be our uh, makeup guest right now. So, welcome to the show, William.
4: Yes, yeah, glad to be back tonight. Uh, you know, when you just mentioned to people to call in with questions, also if they have questions about discus, they can also call in. Is that all right, Alex?
2: Yeah, that's fine. I'd love to chat, Discus, and we can have, like, a debate here, Discus versus Oscars. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, let's have some fun
4: and uh, get you going on what we want to discuss with fish tonight.
2: Okay, so uh, what do you want to talk about first, William?
4: Well, I think maybe uh, we should talk about an issue that some people have with feeding live food to the fish and using goldfish for the food because they're so inexpensive but the problems they could cause. Can you talk about that a little bit as well?
2: Oh yes sir, Uh, a great question. Now I noticed that our guest today had mentioned that his fish, Zostris, had a hole in the head and he mentioned that it used feeder goldfish and feeder goldfish actually have no nutritional value for any kind of fish, whether it be an Oscar or a, a Dovi or a Manigwinson or even a Peacock bass. They have no nutritional value. And quite often or not, a lot of goldfish carry parasites and ick and all sorts of diseases, which in turn can translate and uh, transform into the fish that eat it. And... I personally don't recommend feeding any sort of goldfish to these fish for that reason alone, because goldfish are going to cause this fish to get illnesses, believe it or not. And Absolutely. Goldfish actually will cause hole-in-the-head in many species, not just Oscars, chocolate cichlids, um, Managuensins, jack Dempseys, all the larger-growing central and South American cichlids, plus Goldfish are going to die when put into an aquarium because they come from cooler water, and the South American cichlids come from warmer water. I would personally recommend doing, uh, if you were going to feed live uh, crayfish or guppies or earthworms, stay away from the feed of goldfish. That's my take on it.
4: Yeah, and also, uh, Alex, I think a good mention here would be that it's always best to breed your own feeder fish and feed them a good high-quality food and gut-load them with some very good nutritional value, vitamins and things like this. Even if you have to add the vitamins to the food in liquid form, soak your food that you're feeding them, if you're feeding them flakes or pellet food, Soak them a little bit in some good old vitamins uh, and uh, feed them with the high vitamin to keep their immune system high and their diet really quality. Do you agree with that, Alex?
2: Yes, I definitely agree with that, and you're 100% uh, correct. But even with um, breeding your own uh, feeders, like feeder guppies <clears throat> or something, there's still no guarantees you're going to stay away from parasites and diseases, but your chances of getting parasites and diseases are a lot less um, higher than they would be when using feeder goldfish. You're a lot, lot less, um, you actually reduce the risk of getting parasites by using your own uh feeders like guppies and such. And you've actually got another caller here on the aquatic wetland tonight. Welcome to the Fish Keepers United of March and thank you so much for calling into the show tonight.
7: Yes, how are you guys doing?
2: We're doing great, Jeff
7: No but um if I had a question about angelfish for you guys if you didn't mind.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead.
7: Okay my first question is I have five angel fish in a fifty five and there's two marbles, and then there's one. I'm not sure what the one is. It's silver with black stripes. And then I got a couple of the calico. I think that's what they're called. And I was just wondering, is interbreeding a problem with angelfish?
2: My answer is no. My answer is no always... as well because uh, angelfish –
7: oh, go ahead. No, I, I just always wondered about that. About, like, if Uh, an angelfish, a different style breeds, if it's going to put out something that's not really...
4: No, you may uh, actually uh, find yourself with a nice, new, beautiful-looking angelfish. In fact, once you get a pair and they begin to breed their first spawn, you want to wait until that spawn is actually either eaten or whatever... Now that you know you have a pair, remove them, put them in a 20- or 30-gallon breeder, and uh, put some nice, hot, broadleaf plants in there, and let them breed, and you'll end up with uh, the same type of angels that you put in there as, as a pair. And also you may get some throwbacks to some genetic improvement from the wild strains that were once uh, available. And they uh, really have some high-quality angels, Jeff.
7: Oh, yeah, awesome. That was a great answer. And the other question I had is I've noticed in a couple of mine that the eyes are kind of turning red. Is that normal?
4: The eyes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do believe some of them will actually turn red, depending on the genetics of the fish itself.
7: Yeah, because it's only it's on the two marbles that they got, like, a little red on the top part of their eyes.
4: Well, that could just be a genetic, uh, either a flaw or a genetic goodness. You never know.
7: Okay, awesome. My last question is I've been feeding mine Tetramin, but I want to upgrade them. What's a good food to feed angelfish?
4: Well, I feed mine uh, meat pie by Rapashi, uh, which is a gel food. You actually mix it with a certain portion of water. And you stir it up, and it creates a gel that you can put in some ice cube trays, freeze it, last six months. And you just put uh, a little bit stuck on the glass uh, inside once it's uh, a little moist and let them eat some ripashi. And feed them some uh, hikari bloodworms because they're sterilized. Alex will attest to that. And... uh, just feed them a variety of food, and you'll have some very good, high-quality angelfish.
7: Yeah, I'll have to give that stuff a look. The only frozen foods we sell in my area, because I live on the coast, I live in a little town that's right off the ocean, and the two closest pet stores are like an hour and a half to uh, 45 minutes away, and they only carry San Francisco Bay. Have you had any dealing with them? or
4: uh, San Francisco Bay, I've only used their brine shrimp. And that's also good for angels.
7: Okay, well, all of you guys get back to your great show. Thanks for all the great information.
4: Okay, thank you, Jeff, for calling in. And I want to thank you, Alex, for letting me talk about angels with Jeff.
2: You're welcome. I appreciate it. And you're 100% right, William. I agree with all the information that you gave out, gave out. And thank you so much, William, for uh, uh, Jeff, for calling in. I appreciate your call.
7: <laughs> yeah, no problem. You guys have a great night.
2: Okay. All right, you too. Actually, okay, angels I'll are one of my can... uh, favorite South American cichlids. Yeah, you told me that
4: once before. And, I, you know, I really should have let you answer those questions. Uh, That's okay. But thank <laughs> you for letting me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, sorry. I don't mean to take you over, over you your show. I really don't. i just been dealing with angels here lately and done a lot of research, Alex. And I learned a lot of good stuff about angels. And, uh, but. You are also qualified, so the next topic you're going to handle.
2: Okay. So you want me, want me to pick the next topic? Yes, sir. Okay, so now we'll talk about, uh, let's see, what can we talk about here? I don't want to talk about Oscars because I've already covered Oscars in their own series. So, uh, let's see. Hmm. I guess we could talk about tank mates for... Angelfish here. Um, I know a little bit about angelfish. I haven't kept them in a while because I've got Oscars now. But we'll stay on the angelfish theme. Uh, my personal favorite uh, tank mates with angelfish were actually another South American cichlid called the Festivum, which is almost like a Severum in a sense that it's a uh, triangular shaped cichlid. But it, to me, it's a mixture of. Of uh, angelfish and a sevrum, but it's not a mixture. It's a natural cichlid. It, I'm just saying it has the same personalities of an angelfish and a sevrum, but it's really peaceful. It's not aggressive at all, and it can live with angelfish and discus. The festinum is sort of like. Um, a cichlid version of a gourami, one of my personal favorites. And I actually like to have one with my Oscars, but they grow too slow, so I'd have to find a really big festival to play with my Oscars. It's my goal that I should try to find a, a festival. I personally think festivals do well with angelfish. Now, my other favorite tank mate with angelfish is, of course, a waru. And walrus are a, a nice-looking discus. They almost, I mean, walrus are a nice-looking cichlid, nice-looking discus. They're a nice-looking cichlid, and they're almost like a brown version of a discus. They look like discus, but they're totally different. Um, and there's three varieties of walrus out there. You've got your panda walrus, your orange walrus, and your regular walrus, and they're all very nice. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, if you want to do research on walrus, walrus is spelled U-A-R-U, and it's actually pronounced Walroo as in W-A-A-R-O-W, Walru. Um They're actually a, a very nice cichlid. Um, they get pretty big. They get a dinner plate size, but they're a very nice fish, and they're peaceful. As well, there are a variety of tank mates to have with angel fish, and I've discussed this on the Aquatic Wetline before. You can have uh medium-sized tetras like Diamond tetras and Congo tetras, and things of that nature. And uh, angel fish do well with other angel fish; they're a very nice thing, nice uh, cichlid. So that's my tank mate for angels. So, what's the next thing you want to cover, William?
4: Uh, I think maybe. Uh, We should talk about, um, maybe we could talk about uh, filtration for uh, an overstocked tank. What what types of filtration should actually be used for a a relatively overstocked tank and what kind of filtration
2: media? Sounds great, sir. That's definitely a great topic.
4: Well, I, I like to say this about the topic that I, I just did some rearranging today in my fish room. Uh, I actually put all the fish I had from one tank into an already established tank, but it's considered overstocked now, uh, and I added another beneficial bacteria uh, seasoned filter. So now I have three filtration systems on a 55 that is definitely overstocked. The ammonia is still zero. The nitrites are still zero. And my nitrates are below five. And uh, the fish I have in there are angels, which are two at this moment, which I took a pair out and put them in a 20 today uh, to see if I'd get them to breed. And uh I also have some scissor tail rasp borers, some white skirt tetras, some bristle nose and uh some Cory cats, the bandits or the melinis. And uh uh yeah. And uh in the other tank that I had with my discus, uh I have a relatively uh good stock tank, uh about eight discus in there that will eventually grow to full size in there, but I have uh a hang on top filter and a canister filter handling the filtration on that with zero ammonia zero nitrites and six parts per million on nitrates and uh i, I you know you're right on tank mates you know there's one thing that you and I used to butt heads about. And that's having discus and angelfish <laughs> together. And you've always told me that discus are a good tank mate for angels and vice versa. And I've always said I recommend do not mix them. But fortunately, I had one uh, angelfish in with the other five at one time that was being totally picked on by the uh other five and I decided to put him or her I don't know what sex it is in with the discus to save its life and that angel fish has gotten along really well with the fish in that discus tank a- including some white skirt tetras as well and some uh long fin uh zebra danios and uh they're getting along well now I will say that I now will only recommend uh, one uh, or two or three of the same sex, once you find out what the sexes are, will probably work fine uh, as far as being females. But if you put a pair in there, Alex, you still may have a problem with aggression to the point where the discus will be more stressed than the Angels would be, even though discus can be aggressive in self-defense. But I think they're also stressing themselves out when they become aggressive and will have a problem. But, yeah, I've got one in there with my discus, and they get along great. So, yeah, you won me over on at least half the argument.
2: Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that you are now at least uh, willing to try put keeping uh, age efficient discus together. Yeah, thanks to you. Yes, now we have to try to convince you keeping Discus and Oscars together. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: Ah, Oh, no. I'm sorry, I had to be
2: a joker today. Yeah, I know, you're funny, Alex. All right.
0: Now, (laughs) what would you like to talk about
2: now? Hmm, maybe we could talk about the best fish for beginners right now, I suppose.
4: Oh, well, that's easy enough for you to come up with and me. So let's go for <laughs> it. You first.
2: Okay. Well, obviously, the first choice, the best fish for beginners, is actually going to be uh, a beta, because a beta can live in almost anything. But there's a lot of controversy surrounding betas now. People feel that betas don't belong in fish bowls, and I I kind of uh, agree with that, but I say, how come they're they're starting uh, a, a, a petition against it now when it's been happening for 30, 40, 50 years? Uh, regardless of beta is a good fish for beginners because they can just get like a five gallon tank and uh, a small filter and take care of a beta. Um, goldfish are actually pretty good for beginners as long as the beginner re- recognizes the fact that they get huge and need a big tank and uh, good filtration. And then, of course, the live bearers are pretty good for beginners because they produce lots of uh, babies and and the babies are born for alive, life, so beginners will have fun enjoying that. And um, a lot of cichlids, believe it or not, are good for beginners, like the cribs can be good for beginners. Um, and even the South American cichlids and Central American cichlids, such as convicts and other uh, hardy cichlids, can be good for beginners. Coridoras cats can be good for beginners. Um, there's a whole bunch of fish that are good for beginners, like tetras, barbs, rasporas and uh, mollies and soretails. It just depends on people doing research. And believe it or not, I'm actually going to be doing the show next Tuesday, on, or actually this Tuesday, on the best fish for beginners. So I was just actually seeing your opinion on this. My opinion?
4: Yes. Well, that was a very good lineup for a beginner fish. And, you know, you also have your mollies uh, that are pretty hardy if you maintain good water quality and even with mollies you can transition them right into salt water uh, actually and you can actually learn uh, chemistry and alchemy with mollies uh, and have them in a species only tank and do the salt water transition and learn a little bit about uh, alchemy and water. And also, swordtails are a good beginner fish, and uh, like you mentioned, the tetras. Uh, and also, today, uh, more than ever, cardinal tetras are starting to be a very good, hardier fish than they used to be in the older days. Where I was, I was told one time, Alex, when I was younger, that if you can raise cardinal tetras, you can raise discus. That was back when discus was all wild caught, and they were stressed out by the time they got to your home to the point where they mainly and mostly died. Uh, but if you could actually raise cardinals at the time, then you could actually take care of discus. I never did attempt a discus at the time uh, because I knew they would be a waste of money for me at the time. But another good uh, beginner fish, like you said, is the better, but my take on that, Alex, is the reason why uh, people get the idea that you can put them in bowls is because they buy them in bowls, and the reason why they're sold in bowls is because if you mix males together in a tank, they'll fight and kill each other, but the fish store needs to be informed to tell the buyers that once they buy the bed put them in at least a minimum of a two and a half gallon tank and that they need to have something close to the surface for the better to lay on at night uh, to rest and to breathe comfortably from that vantage point and to have some hiding places for the fish to have some adventure in its life and uh you know, really give it a good habitat uh, in a two-and-a-half gallon, but I prefer a five-gallon. What do you say about a five-gallon being the absolute greatest for a betta?
2: I agree. A five-gallon is perfect for a betta. You could also do a 10-gallon a or a 15-gallon and have some tank mates for your betta.
4: You know, I tried uh, one time to put a betta in a 55 with some tank mates, and the betta was sort of lost in there because it had so much territory to uh to check out <laughs> that it would actually end up eventually staying in the corner of the aquarium. And at the time I didn't realize that uh it was doing that because it naturally does that, uh, for protection and then I created something. I created what I called the better condominium uh, and I created the prototype that I was gonna get manufactured but I never had the uh, search fee for them to search see if there's anybody else with the same product, uh, which was going to cost some money. So I just kept the prototype, created one out of a half-gallon milk jug, and uh, the better loved it. And after a while, it just appreciated that condominium I made for it, and it started getting very comfortable. And, yes, betters do like... Uh, Take mates, but no fin numbers like barbs.
2: Yes, that's very true. Barbs are, uh, fit, are known for fin nipping, which is a shame because there are some beautiful barbs out there, but I, I tend to stay away from barbs because they're usually all fin nippy, in my experience. <clears throat>
4: yeah, especially the tiger barbs. They're really rough.
2: Yeah. Tiger bars make, good, make for good feeders, though. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there we go with the feeder fish again, Alex. <laughs>
4: All right. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh,
4: what else you want to talk about?
2: So, so when can I convince you to get Oscars?
4: Uh, well, you know, that's, I had somebody else also trying to convince me to get an Oscar. Are you familiar with uh, Mad Cypress, LL?
2: On YouTube? Yep, I think I am. That's uh, his name, is Lorenzo, right?
4: Yeah, Lorenzo Le Lomio. A long time ago, uh, I was making some sort of a deal with Lorenzo about swapping some discus for some Oscars. But uh, it never came to fruition because I decided that my 55-gallon uh, tanks were not actually big enough for me to love an Oscar and keep it comfortably in my heart. Uh, so I think I will end up with an Oscar one day, Alex, uh, because I've seen a lot of pictures of them. They are beautiful fish, and uh, uh, and just like uh, Brown Beasley said, you could eat those suckers and they taste good. So I don't know about that, but I just uh. <laughs> but you never know if you like fish. But uh, I'm going to get a 125 gallon tank eventually and put it in my spare room and uh, put uh, an Oscar and some tank mates with Oscars in there, I believe, and have that type of a tank as well for a community tank of some sort. And I'm going to get you to tell me what goes well with Oscars at the time. So, yeah, you've convinced me on Oscars. It's just the time is not yet.
2: Oh, okay. That's that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear you'll be getting an Oscar sometime soon.
4: Yeah, it'll be a while, but it'll happen.
2: Nice. I'm going to be. My two Oscars are going to are happy that, to hear that they're going to have a friend with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Sounds good.
2: Uh,
4: how about How about we talk a little bit about uh, how temperature actually is very important for the health and well being of your fish, and where the lowest temperatures can weaken the immune system, and the highest temperatures can. Uh, remove oxygen levels uh, in the in the parameters of the water for certain species of fish. I'm not talking about discus that require 84 or 86 or goldfish that require about a 56 or 58. I'm talking about the mean temperature that's average for most uh, fish and why it's so important okay, to it's maintain. Very- yeah, go ahead.
2: That's a very very good topic, and the reason why fish actually have uh, varied uh, heat or very good temperature is because that's where their temperature range is in the wild, and for example, if you're reading a profile sheet on Oscars or angelfish or anything from South America, you're going to notice that the temperature for most South American species is 72 degrees Fahrenheit to 74 degrees Fahrenheit. That is because... South American water is usually a little warm. It's a little on the warmer side because the Amazon is pretty hot year-round. Um, and you want to re- replicate that in the aquarium. Now, you can't take a South American fish and put them into a 68-degree or a 62 degrees Fahrenheit aquarium because then it's going to be exposed to temperatures that it's not used to, and this is going to cause stress to the fish And we all know stress is going to lead to parasites and diseases and ultimate fish death later on. So it's very important to recognize the fact that you need a heater in your aquarium. A heater is going to be your best friend for the situation. And I'd say you probably need about 5 watts per aquarium size. Um, So let's say, for example, you've got a 10-gallon aquarium. You're going to want at least a 20-gallon or a 20-watt heater in there so that your tank is nice and warm for your fish. But I'd put your heater on about the 72 to 74 degrees Fahrenheit mark. I wouldn't go above that because, like William said, if you go too high, you're at risk for speeding up your fish's um, life cycle, and it's similar to crayfish in the heat. So fish are the same way. If your heat, your water is too hot, your fish's life cycle is going to speed up. And they're also going to be very aggressive, and they're always going to be more hungrier as opposed to normal temperature. So your fish is going to produce a lot of waste. It's going to want to eat more and be very aggressive. So it's very important to keep your temperature of your fish at the correct level. Do your research on your fish species you are keeping you definitely don't want to keep tropical water fish with goldfish or vice versa so what is your take on this matter william
4: well you know actually alex you covered it all and i just want to add one thing Uh, placing the heater in your aquarium at a certain point is also very important And I recommend that you actually place your heater right near the intake tube of your filter system because as the heater provides the heated water, it's sucked in the intake tube and spread around your aquarium faster. That's because uh, the reason for this is when your temperatures drop at night, Uh, especially in the colder environment, because usually the house temperatures are lower than the required temperature of the tank, it's very easy for the water to start to come down in temperature. And if it comes down too much, too quick, it could affect the fish as well. So when the heater turns on, it heats up the water at a more comfortable rate for the fish. And also... A lot of your uh, heaters have short extension cords on them, and you need to sort of place it at a diagonal uh, with uh, the the, uh, wire, electronic wire, is closer towards the top of the tank so you can actually reach your electrical outlet. And also with uh, heaters, like Alex said, You've got to have uh, the right waters for your tank, but I also recommend having two heaters in your tank in case one malfunctions, you don't find yourself with lost fish because one the one you had malfunctioned. So I always have two in my tanks now, uh, which is very good because it happened to me, and uh, yeah, I, that's what I do now, and I recommend it. So... That's my take on heaters.
2: Awesome. And I think we're going to wrap the show up today. It's been a fantastic show, and thank you for filling in as as a guest for the second half of the show.
4: You're welcome, Alex. I enjoyed it, sir.
2: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to this show, whether it's live or it's archived. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And I want to say thank you to Mr. Brown Beasley for being here for the first half of the show and providing us with a very fun Fish United for the month of March and again please stay tuned for our 150th episode on March 21st it's going to be a historic episode have a great rest of your Saturday night wherever you are in the world and um, we'll see you tomorrow at 8pm Eastern If I talk about one of my personal favorite catfishes of all time the sun catfish thank you so much for calling in William and have a great night sir
4: alright sir can I make a plug here sure go ahead Okay, appreciate it, Alex, thank you. Tomorrow on Euphoric Network at three PM Eastern Standard Time, Don Boyer, my guest, in uh episode three of a ten part series on plants, will be talking about mid ground and background uh plants. And then uh on uh Monday now uh, if this is all right with Alex, uh James Jones, Crayfish King James Jones, has agreed graciously to be my co-host on my Christian show, Jesus is the Word podcast, also included in the Euphoric Network. And uh, come by and check out us on this first show me and James Jones does together. Thank you, Alex.
2: You're welcome, sir, and thank you for being here. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We'll see you tomorrow for our sunfish discussion. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this hobby, and have a great rest of your night. Goodbye, everyone.
7: Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. and Like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Tank on.